With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Welcome to the Fear of the Fin podcast. It's uh, 11.04 Pacific time on February 15th, 2017 in the year of our Yager. It's uh, still Yarmir Yager's birthday on the West Coast. Uh, yeah. Happy birthday, Yags. Screw you. Uh, for today, anyway. Not having one tonight. Uh, we can have one for him. Uh, we're going to need one after that. A lot of people, a lot of uh, Roberto Luongo is going to have one for him. I think he's, uh, it, yeah. we, we hear it's just a groin. Uh, I, I, did they say groin? Actually, they didn't even say that. I think cramp, it was just a, just a cramp. cramp. Sorry. I, yeah. groin is actually serious. I, sorry. I yeah, it looked bad. It looked bad, but it did look pretty bad, but it seems like it's actually just a cramp. So good news. Uh, Roberto Luongo is one of the good guys. So it's nice to see that he's, uh, especially since sharks don't have to play him again. So he can go ahead and, be healthy the rest of the year. That's perfectly uh, yeah. fine with most of us here at fearthebed.com. Uh, that was that was allegedly a hockey game, huh? 11 goals yes. scored. Sharks on, lose on February 15th, 2017. <laughs> they, they did. That's four straight uh, losses in overtime for the Sharks, uh, it, which is to say they have lost the last four games they've played in overtime, not that they've yes. played in four straight games in overtime. And they've, they've lost, what, four of their last five, three of their last four? Uh, yes, correct. They've also lost, uh, now, what is that, going back five of their last six overtime games. Uh, that's after they had gone on a streak where they had won one, two, three, four, five straight overtime contests. So, right. uh, that's how overtime works, though. It's a coin flippy type thing. And, uh, eventually they'll go back on a streak where they win a bunch in a row and it just has not clicked for them as of late. Um, Martin Jones was really, really terrible tonight, and that is not dependent on one guy, but dependent on one guy, he is the reason <laughs> the Sharks lost tonight. Uh, you post a 728 save percentage, and you're the reason your team lost, uh, regardless of you know defensive miscues, whatever. The defense is the reason that Martin Jones gets talked about the way that he does, and uh, tonight when the defense didn't have a great night, Martin Jones showed uh, nothing. Beyond nothing, yeah, it's not we, a good night. We talked about it a little bit before the show. If you're going to give him credit on the nights he bails out the Sharks' defense, uh, you got to also, you know, put the blame a little bit at his feet on nights when he doesn't. Uh, and tonight, the Sharks' defense was was poor in front of him, no doubt. Uh, but this was not a very good game. I think, you know, that late goal, Schlemko loses his stick. I'm fine if you say that's you know just a fluky play, three on three, uh, you know. But I think. He'd like to have, you know, quite a few of those goals back. Uh, I'd say both of Bugstad's goals, you know, one he gets beat short side, one on a partial breakaway with, you know, Dylan close and nearby to Bugstad. looked like Jones wasn't challenging Bugstad uh, enough. And that's, you know, reading the situation and seeing, oh, this guy's behind my defenseman. Um, you know, I don't know goaltending. I'm no goaltending coach or expert. But, yeah, anytime you allow six goals uh, – you most likely did you're not play have well. A hard time. Yeah, you're not going to have a great game. Uh, whereas on the other end, you know, Luongo allowed five, and I thought he played really well. Uh, I thought he was his his defense did him no favors tonight, and that's not to 
saying, you know, I'm harping on Jones and giving Luongo credit just because Luongo's a good guy. But Luongo made some really big saves tonight. Um, I don't really, I don't think you could say Jones did because when he then made a save, uh, the Sharks were scored on on the ensuing possession. You can blame the Sharks for not, you know, clearing uh, the rebound there, both at the, the, the fifth goal, uh, which put the Panthers up by two goals on Yager's 1900th point, and then the game-winning goal. Um, you know, he made the initial save, but he didn't make the second, make the second save. And it's a concern. I mean, he, you know, in, in, he allowed five goals against Buffalo, three in 20 minutes against Boston, and then six tonight in just under 65. Um, that's not good. <laughs> he had, he had a good, he was playing very well before he had a good stretch, uh, you know, pretty good stretch coming in, coming into the all-star break, but man, out of the all-star break, uh, you know, since since playing in Arizona, since losing that shootout to Arizona, he really has not been great, save for those 60 minutes in New Jersey. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, your defense, I think we needed to think about defense in terms other than just, oh, uh, was there a defensive breakdown on a play that led to a goal? Your defense allowing, you know, only 22 shots against is your defense playing well. Uh that that's part of what your defense does, right? That that's that's good. Or you know, your defense also extends beyond just the six guys that play defense around you. It's an entire team effort. You know, it involves your forwards as well. Uh, the Sharks are one of the best defensive cores in the league, and are one of the best defensive teams. Uh, I'm using air quotes there, which I shouldn't do on an audio podcast, um, because they don't allow very many shots on goal, and that's why Jones' numbers look so good night in and night out. It's not because uh, Jones is one of the top ten goalies in the league because he's not. It's because uh, the Sharks are a great possession team, and that's part of that's part of the deal. That's that that's what makes them such a good team. You know, uh, if you don't allow a lot of shots on your goalie, uh, spoiler alert, it makes it a lot easier to not allow a lot of goals. You know, um, so on nights when the Sharks allow you know only twenty two shots and they allow six goals, um, you know, on one hand, yes, I understand that you can say, uh, you know, maybe they need to allow fewer. You know high quality chances, whatever. Uh, but at the same time, you need your goalie to be able to, uh, to, to step up at some point and, and take care of some of those. Um, I think at the same time, uh, I don't really think that they allowed that many really, truly high quality chances to the Panthers really all night. Um, I know in the third period is really when they allowed the most. Um, I'm pulling it up now. Our natural <laughs> stat trick keeps a uh, high danger chances. Uh, the Sharks allowed seven and had 14. It's not very many. It's really not. Yeah. And that to me, again, just shows that, you know, Martin Jones played terribly. Just he'd, it'd be really, and you know, what, you know, whatever. That, that's really the most we have to say about it is that he had a really terrible game. And again, this, this is a tough thing for us to go back and, and, and improve, uh, you know, empirically. But it, I, to me, it just backs up my gut feeling that the coaching staff is playing him way too much. Agreed. Agreed completely. Uh, and it's one of those things that we're not going to be able to say like, oh, you know, hey, we can point to this and say, uh, here are the numbers to back up that Martin Jones is playing too much because, you know, here were his numbers when he wasn't playing too much because the sample sizes just aren't going to be there. But right. you know, my, my gut says he's playing too much and now and now the Sharks are going to suffer for it a little bit. Um, and that's, you know, I, I, I feel that that's true. Um, and I feel like nights like this are a good example of why the coaching staff has really done a poor job managing him this year. And I think it's kind of strange that it seems like nobody else is really talking about this. Yeah, I had a, I had a friend of mine text me during the game. I'll give him a shout-out. Uh, shout-out Johnny Shaw. 
uh, he wanted me to give him a shout out on one of these <laughs> podcasts. Um, he texted me during the game and he said, you know, with the bye week coming up next week, you know, they're just going to ride Jones down the stretch and say, oh, he got his rest uh, during the bye week. Uh, I wonder if that is, you know, part of their justification and part of their reasoning as to why Jones is playing so much is because they get that week off. Uh, they get that five day stretch. They think they can push him more. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think at least recently it's, it's starting to backfire a little bit. And, uh, you know, Dell has, we've talked about it time and time again, he's proven capable. Um, he has to start one of these two games, uh, either the one in Arizona on Saturday or the one against Boston at home. Well, we uh, know which one he's starting. You think he's going to start in Arizona? Yes. Yeah, I, I would think so too, but uh, it, it'd be inexcusable for DeBoer to play him uh, both games. Uh, Absolutely yeah. it would be. Uh, it, think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, it would be inexcusable. That's it. That's all. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, I think, and I think uh, you know, Dell's played, he played well against Arizona. Not to say Jones hasn't. I could see them playing Jones in that game because it's the divisional game, you know, four points went, even though it's the Coyotes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think he's got to start at least. He's got to start one of those games. Yep, absolutely. If, and if, uh, honestly, if not both, he's fresh enough and he's he's played well enough. If you just want to give, you know, send a message to Jones that he hasn't played uh, well enough lately, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I also wouldn't. Uh, frankly, I also wouldn't mind calling up Troy Grosnick and rewarding him with a game against the Coyotes and playing Dell against Boston and playing Grosnick against. Uh, against the Coyotes, that wouldn't bother wow. me at all because I think Grosnick deserves it. Um, I mean, if you're talking about rewarding guys and if rewarding a guy is calling right. Nikolai Goldobin and letting him eat press box food yeah, watching Michael Haley do nothing tonight, then call up Grosnick. I, I, you know, I, I mentioned this in my recap. Haley, Haley didn't have a bad game tonight. That fourth line, yes, they were... They were on. They were on the ice for multiple big-time defensive breakdowns where... The, here's the thing, and I, I want to mention this. When there's a defensive breakdown, it right. is not just the fault of the player who makes a bad play. Right, right. Scored. It is also the fault of the players that are just dicking around on the ice yeah. on the other side of the ice. Because if you're just standing around with your thumb up your butt, you're also not preventing a goal. Right. Okay. It, it, that happens a lot when the fourth line is out there. And that's not just Michael Haley, which whatever. I don't think Michael Haley had a bad game either. I just want to point out that. And the thing is, is that when Michael Haley is on the ice, I think it makes it tougher for guys like Chris Tierney to be successful. And that's frustrating to me because I want to see guys like Chris Tierney have a bigger opportunity to get yeah. better as hockey players. And, and when and they're playing with guys that aren't good. Right. That's fair. I just, it I, stumps I, their growth. And, you know, I, I, you know, I was, I think my, the possession probably numbers don't track those, uh, those breakdowns necessarily. Cause I don't even know if I think there were breakdowns, but I'm not sure the, you know, the Panthers generated chances uh, based on them, but you know, in terms of percentage, and again, small sample size, he didn't allow an unblocked shot attempt or a shot attempt in general when he was on the ice. Uh, Carlson allowed five, Tierney allowed two, uh, but both those are the those were the three best possession players. I thought they were, you know, Florida doesn't have a great fourth line. Anytime you're playing Sean Thornton, you know, Michael Haley's a better player than Sean Thornton. I think at this point in his career, and you know, that's that's fair. Don Thornton has served a role in the NHL, but the game has has probably passed him. Um, yeah, but I thought the fourth line. I thought they looked good in the offensive zone. They generated some chances, um, you know. Uh, but I agreed with you. I, I would have liked to see Goldobin play uh, tonight, you know, because you would have thought this was going to be his reward for playing well, you know. 
I, I wonder if we see him this weekend. I think, you know, the Sharks did score five goals last night, and so they're not going to say goals were a problem. Uh, but, you know, th- third line did struggle a little bit in terms of puck possession tonight. Uh, all three players were underwater. Uh, Hurdle and Meyer had the, the, the lowest uh, Corsi four percentages. Again, this is no adjust. These, there are no adjustments on these sets. This is just raw Corsi. Not the best uh, way to look at it because, you know, players can have a bad night. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was a little disappointed not to see Goldobin get a call because you would have thought, man, if, if he's going to get a shot in the lineup, it's at this point after he's played this well. And now I wonder, you know, is he going to get a shot at all? Uh, I think he'll be the extra forward on the road trip. Uh, but, you know, Sharks are, have struggled to score against Arizona at times. I, I You know, I don't, I don't think they've scored more than three goals in a game against the Coyotes all season. Uh, there's a couple things there. One, I think the reason that Nikolai Goldobin didn't play is because Kevin LeBanc played because, uh, Kevin LeBanc has played so well and they wanted to keep playing with the Joes, which I don't in theory have a problem with. Um, four points in three games for LeBanc on that line. Don't, like I said, I don't in theory have a problem with that. I do have some, uh, at least skepticism about this weird, like, Pete DeBoer's masterful handling of youth narrative that's like yeah. cropping up. That's bullshit. Um, it's not a real thing. Pete DeBoer uh, is really carrying several years of narrative of terrible handling of youth in his yeah. entire career, which I think, you know, a lot of that has to come. A lot of it came in Jersey. Right. That's Lou Lamorello. Um, and so, which is fine, whatever. So I, I wouldn't attach that to him either, but I have not really seen anything this year where I would say, oh man, wow, what masterful handling of youth. It's like, I'm not, not really. I, I mean, it's fine. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's sure. any worse or better necessarily than McClellan. Um, no, not at all. It's, it does a, it's feel, I think the he's, same. He's, he's not, a, I will say if there is a difference, um, he's not afraid to make changes within a game. But, you know, if he changes a line within a game, he's not necessarily going to say, oh, well, that worked in the third period, so let's use that the next game. He's, he's, and he, I think he's been pretty good about – I will say he's been good about uh, keeping them in roles and keeping them in roles where they can succeed. You know, Meyer went for a stretch uh, without scoring for a while, as did LeBanc. I think it took them a little longer to drop to the fourth line than it might have under Todd McClellan. Again, I, this is not empirical. This is more of a gut thing. Um, I think that's I think that's where that comes from, um, but you know I you know I haven't been haven't had a chance to head to one of the practices in a while and I haven't been uh, at a game in a little bit, so I'm I'm not sure uh, you know I'm not seeing the dynamics, um, you know, and I, I think he I think he's eased I think I will say he's probably eased Meyer and LeBanc along while also putting them in in positions to succeed. I think with McClellan at times you saw young guys get in the doghouse a lot sooner. I guess to me, and that's not to say Goldobin's not in the doghouse yet. I just I'm you know thinking specifically of a guy like Jamie McGinn who got called up, and then every time he got called up, barely played until like finally he started scoring, and McClellan was like, "All right, we'll we'll play you, Jamie." After all this time, I'll finally I'll finally crack. I think the only rookie who's really in his doghouse in a game was maybe Danny O'Regan, but I think you could tell in that game he was swimming wow. above his weight. Yeah, Danny Regan, in fairness, played terribly. And so, yeah, right, yeah. fair enough. Um, I think there's a couple things. I think, number one, guys like Timo Meyer don't 
I don't feel like need to be eased into anything. No, no, no. no. That's number one. The guy's a first, first over or a first round draft pick was taken yeah. in the top half of the draft. The guy can be dropped in anywhere. Number two, is it really being eased in when you're like, "Hey, man, we're calling you up. You get to go play with a Hall of Famer and uh, right now, yeah." In the well, I'd say that's I'd say that's eased in because it's not you know he's not he's no. not. Playing- He's not playing a fourth-line dump-and-chase role. He's being put in a position to succeed. You're, you're playing against the best players in the NHL. Right. I, I think there's a give-and-take to that because you're yeah, – yes, I agree, I agree. The competition you're playing against is higher, but the competition you're playing with is also better. Right. I mean, I think that, that you know, I think it balances out to a degree. Of course. Um, because it, you can't I, – I know, I know we joke about, you know, you could just put anybody there, but you really can't because when you look – you know, I wrote that post about who should play with the Joes the other day. Um, and I know it was like we've kind of liked what Melker Carlson can do there. Melker Carlson is nowhere near as good with the Joes as Kevin LeBanc and uh, Timo Meyer has been there. And it's like startlingly yeah. different. I mean, a huge gap. Yeah. Uh, and I think Melker Carlson was fine there just by the eye test. And then you kind of look at it a little bit closer and it's like, oh, yeah, right. He's nowhere near as good as those other guys. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, whatever. That's just the way it is. Um, to go back to your Arizona Coyotes point, the Sharks have not scored more than two goals there since March 20th of 2016, so their past five games. Wow. Wow. Um, they've scored – the last time they scored four goals there was this uh, February 13th last year. Yeah, wow. They've – yeah, four goals is their, the most they've scored there since uh, 2013. Yeah. So it, it's just Mike Smith, man. That's just what they do. Yeah, and I, you know, I think in a game, again, a game and a team you maybe struggle to finish against uh, a guy, and, you know, you're coming off of a loss. I, I don't think it'd be a bad idea to put Goldobin in and have some, have ensure that you have scoring punch on all of your lines because, you know, if he's, if he's playing with Chris Tierney and Melka Carlson, uh, I think the two of them are defensively responsible enough that they can make up for whatever miscues he may have. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's in reading reports, reading, uh, you know, reading reading Zach's stuff from uh, you know the games, reading Ian's stuff from the Barracuda games. It seems like Goldobin has you know somewhat turned a corner in the de- with his defensive game. Yeah, the, honestly, the biggest problem with Goldobin at this point is is kind of, in my opinion, is penalty stuff more than it is um, right uh, than it is uh, defensively. Um, he can be a big pothead. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's also known to take the uh, the occasional embellishment call. Okay, uh, we did we 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 witnessed one. It, it was a beauty too. Oh man, that's one of the best embellishment calls I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I could have made that call. Uh, another Arizona Coyotes note: in the past four games against the Coyotes, the Sharks have taken at least forty shots and not scored more than two goals. Uh, the Sharks that's have also gone to overtime against the Coyotes the past three games and won. That's what they do. Once. Yeah, the Coyotes are just the worst. I think. I mean, I think again, given those struggles, I, I think that's a game you you put Goldobin in, and you just say, you know what? Like, we struggle to score against this team. Let's let's really, you know, if if we can't score when we have this ma- these many scorers in our lineup, we're never going to be able to score against Mike Smith. Another thing to note: the Coyotes have taken more than fifteen penalty minutes in the past two games against the Sharks. Uh, the Sharks have taken double-digit penalty minutes in two of the last three games. And I really think that's a big part of what the Coyotes try to do against the Sharks. And I think that this is part of the problem with Pete DeBoer is that he's, he 
he sees that he's going to play Michael Haley next. Yes, year. and yeah. he's like gets a little jazzed about that, and I think that uh, a lot of people do. Um, and I I think that there's that 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 really can take the Sharks out of their game against a bad team. I think yeah. against a good team like the Kings, it doesn't really. No, it really. He, I think against a good team, I think he knows and is discerning enough where he's like, all right, they, if the Kings are going to try and check us the whole game, we're going to skate around them. Exactly. Like against a bad, team, a bad team, they're like, oh, oh man. We can maybe, do- and you know, maybe it's it's part of that old mentality of, you know, the, the enforcer mentality of, you know, you need, and even though we've been shown there are no deterrents really, but you, you at least you when you have Michael Haley in the lineup, you're thinking, okay, if liberties are taken, you know, we have someone there who's going, you know, who's going to impose a physical uh, level play. And plus, you know, Michael Haley too, uh, as we've mentioned, has a knack for drawing penalties and against a Coyotes team that takes a lot of penalties that, that could come in handy. The other problem, of course, is that the Sharks haven't taken advantage enough of, of those penalty minutes being taken. Right. Um, yeah. And that goes back to the, the power play. Which was, we should talk about that also, which yeah. was also not good tonight. Um, the biggest thing to me, and we've talked about trying to mix up the power play recently, which is the Sharks team just uh, very reticent to do. Um, the Mark Edward Vlasic thing on the power play, which is I, the new hill I'm going to die on, just has to stop. He just looks so bad out there. Yeah. Uh, there was the one play he made today where he takes the puck and just drives down the the far side boards against two Florida players and then just stops. Doesn't chip the puck around the boards to try to get the puck to Tomas Hurdle. He just yeah. stops as if the defensive wonderkind is going to skate past two penalty killers. Or if he could, if he can hold the puck with control and, and, you know, sauce a pass across the eye. Yeah. Which it's like, it would be fine if he was penalty killing. It's like, yes, well, good, good work, Mark. If you were trying to kill time while on the power play, this would be a really terrific move. The problem is that's what they're trying to do. I, I, I think the big, you know, the big thing is, you know, you see, you see Schlemko, he's not running the point, but, you know, he's getting passes out quicker. Um, you know, if, and I think tonight he did, he had that play, but I thought he, you know, I thought he made some good passes. Um, he had an, I thought he had a really nice cross-ice pass to Joel Ward. He hit Ward, like, on a dime with it, and Ward was able to enter the zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a good pass. Uh, and I also thought he got rid of the, I thought he was getting rid of the puck a little bit quicker tonight. Uh, it seemed like, you know, they had Schlemko on the off wing, and if you're not going to run Schlemko at top, I'd rather them do this where it's as soon as Vlasic gets it, he's just literally shuffling it over to Schlemko. But, you know, Chris Tierney can do that also. Um, yep. And that's, the, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, we, that's the hill I think the blog is going to die on is that we think, uh, you know, Tierney should get some power play looks. He had, I, I thought he had some nice, nice plays in the offensive zone. He got a loose puck off a faceoff, sauced a pass back to Schlemko, and Schlemko got a shot in the first period. I definitely noticed that. Um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's probably time to try something and, you know, maybe coming out of the bye week is the time they do it. You say, all right, you got some time off. We're going to do it. We're going to do it fresh here to make sure, uh, things don't get stale. Cause I think, you know, I think DeBoer's has a long, he has a long leash for, uh, some of these line combinations, especially so on the power play. Um, you know, he's, he's experimented briefly dropping Marlowe to the second unit and, uh, and, you know, quickly went away from that. But I, I think there's something to the units we talked about of just keeping that second line together on a unit, you know, playing them with, uh, you know, Chris Tierney and David Schlemko. And then the first unit uh, move 
Tomas Hurdle and Kevin LeBanc there. I think there's, I think there's something to that. Um, I, and I, I wonder what it's going to take for uh, DeBoer to do that. Yeah, tonight the Sharks had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shot attempts. Only five, four hit the net. Uh, that's, that's just not good enough. On really power, how many power plays? Um, I believe it was it was a three power plays tonight. Yeah, that's not, that's uh, just over two, you know, two attempts of power play. That's not good. That's pathetic. Yeah. You know, that it really is. It's just that is absolutely pathetic. Not up to uh, the standard they've set in previous years. Right. It's just you know that that is not that's not going to do it. You know, I just uh, at some point the, the the team is going to have to like it's gonna have it's gonna have to do something about it. Um. And I, I don't know what it is, what it's going to take for, for somebody to be like, okay, listen, we're going to have to, to mix things right. up. Uh, well, if, yeah, there's, that, if there's a day to do it, it's tomorrow. They've got practice tomorrow before they travel. If there's a right. and if their last practice before the bye week, if they're going to make the change before the bye week, they're doing it tomorrow. If they don't, we're not going to see it change until at the earliest when they come back. The Another thing to note is that all of the shots came on the right side of the ice, which I think is something else that I've noticed has been coming a lot. Um, Burns only took one shot on the power play. And I think that's something that um, people have been incorrectly harping on is that uh, the power play has been running through Burns too much. I don't think that that's the problem with the power play. I think people are saying that the Sharks have become predictable through the power play, which I also don't think is the problem. Um, I think that I, I don't think that it is the problem. I yeah. think maybe that could be a problem that I think but it's, it's not the problem. Boring. It is certainly not the problem. Um, and I'd have to look back at the film, but I'd imagine teams are, you know, it, it does feel like teams are keying in on him on the power play. I think that's possible. I I just, I feel like, I feel like if that is the case, that that is, shouldn't be enough further to explain why the team has struggled on the power play. Oh, well, I mean, if they're keying in on him, they're good enough moving the puck where they can just get it to the open guy. That's That's where I would agree with you there. The other thing is that, you know, you might have heard of this other team with this other guy. It's it's called the Capitals and Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. They've run the same power play system with yeah. the same guy for years. Yeah. Yeah. You know what they're going to do. Yeah. To me, just run the same system that they run, put Burns on the opposite side of the ice in the same spot that he's in, and just do the same thing. So you want you want Burns – you don't want Burns quarterbacking up top. You want him right. on the same coast. Yeah, why not? In the Ovechkin spot. Well, to me, I think Burns is not a very isn't a, isn't as good a passer anyway. So just why not? Just yeah, taking and shots? you know, Couture usually slides up there if Burns slides down to his off wing. Um, mm-hmm. I do, th- I, I I do think, and this is an anecdotal. Uh, I do think their their off puck movement hasn't been as good. Usually, we see them kind of rotate as a unit. Um, lately, I don't think we've seen that a lot. I think we've seen them, you know, whip the puck around quickly and. You know, you can whip passes around the outside and, and pass around the the box that the uh, the pa- penalty kill is running. They're happy to keep you to the outside and keep you passing like that. It, what you where you get the guys, you know, switching is you know, and you know, uh, he's Burns scored that overtime goal earlier this season on the uh, was it an overtime goal? The the you know the so called spotter special. You know, that was yeah. just yeah. that was just him and Pavelski basically running a switch. Pavelski drops it off to Burns for a one timer. I mean it. It can be as simple as that, but I, I think their movement, both away from the puck and with the puck, hasn't been as good on the power play lately. I don't think the I think the players themselves have been a little too stationary. 
Yeah, and the, you know something I would like to look at is that I feel like Thornton has maybe shot a little bit more this year, and maybe I think he has too. And I think maybe that's come at the detriment to the power play as a whole. I remember thinking uh, I did this uh, this shitty tweet. Uh, I think it was last year where I did like a, a fake horror movie poster where I did Joe Thornton holding the puck behind the net on the power play. And uh, something about this being the scariest movie other teams will ever see. And I feel yeah. like I haven't even noticed him standing back there with the puck anymore. Yeah, I, you know, the, the the space people love to call Gretzky's office. I don't think he's – I think we've we've seen him more along the half wall uh, this year at I time. agree. Yeah, and maybe maybe there's something something to that that's worth exploring because if he's shooting more on the power play and not so much uh, taking that passing role, I mean, you know, that that's, that's, where that's where you right. need him. You need because him. You know, we do not need him shooting because there's got yeah. to have a thousand shooters out there on the. And power. you know, and and again, it it goes back to the movement. You know, he's he he can keep defense defenses off guard when he you know he'll start behind the net, he'll skate to the half wall, he'll pass up to Burns if there's an opening in the slot, he'll feed the guy there. But I, I, you know, I, I think I'd have to probably look through too much uh, power play film, but tonight it felt like they were pretty stationary on the power play. This was, a, a, there have definitely been nights. I think actually against, um, I don't remember which weekend game it was, if it was Philly or New Jersey, which, which one was it where they had the extended five on three? Uh, both. I think they had, I think they had it in both. both. One of the, Jersey was the most recent with the extended five on three. Okay, yeah. I, I actually thought that they looked, looked pretty good on that. And I think, uh, yeah, much maligned by a friend of the blog, Kevin Kurz, uh, who I think, uh, who I disagree with frequently on a power play evaluation, which, you know, whatever, different strokes for different folks. But uh, um, I actually thought they looked quite good on that. I think there have been a lot of times where they've looked really, really good on the power play. They just haven't scored. Tonight was a night I think they looked bad. Tonight they looked absolutely like garbage on the power play. Yeah. So so it goes. Um, That... So I think that they're they're and that's just the way power plays work. You know, it's a, such a small sample size that there are going to be nights where you look really, really good, and some nights where right. you look really, really terrible. Um, and I just feel like that there really has been kind of a lack of uh, lack of consistency in general on the, that. I'm actually looking up the numbers right now. Uh, Joe Thorne actually took more shots last year on the power play, so I take it back. That is something. There we go. Our takes are our takes are wrong. Our, t- our takes are terrible. <laughs> you, you guys actually suck. I was like, all right, you're right. My bad. Thanks, Thanks listener. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, okay. Well, there we go. That's that's how it works. Sometimes we have thoughts, and the thoughts are terrible, and then we yeah. go back and come up with something else for next time. Uh, that is actually something, though, that I found kind of troubling that people have talked about this year is that uh, you know, we did that 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 poll thing where we had I had people rank uh, players and I had mo- there were multiple people that said that their biggest disappointment this year was Joe Thornton, yeah. and uh, I didn't ban all of those people, but I really did come close to considering it because it's uh, I don't understand. Well, I how think it's just because the bar was. And I think really, I think we, and I think I was a little guilty of it too. Um, you know, I think, I think last year, you know, was, you know, a lot of the greats kind of have the lat, you know, last year with 82 points, you know, that was, you know, he, he hadn't been a point per game player, you know, he hadn't posted a point per game in five years before then, you know, or five or six years. And that was the first time he'd done that. And people thought, okay, you know, Jumbo's back. Uh, but this year, it, you know, I think it's 
it's been, you know, I think age is, I don't want to say age is caught up to him, but you know, I'm, I'm looking at his stats right now and I had a feeling this was the case. He posted his highest shooting percentage since 2010, 2011 last year at 15.7. And this year is his second lowest since 2010, 2011 at 8.5. Yes. Do you see uh, how I'm is- nodding at you? Like, yes, you are one of the dumb people that I could have blocked. <laughs> yes. Because the, yeah. do you know what the other thing is? It's that the guy relies primarily on assists, and yeah. the team shooting percentage is also at its lowest yeah, exactly. for the past 10 years. Yeah. That's the way it like works. Burns man. and Pavelski are really the only guys, and Marlowe right. are the only guys you could say they're scoring. And well, Couture's actually scoring a lot too. But like those four aside, you cannot say anyone is scoring at a very consistent like level. And uh, Marlowe is very recent. Pavelski is is relatively yeah. recent, and yeah. Couture is only scoring at even strength, which yeah. doesn't help uh, Thornton at all, right? Because uh, they don't play; they only play together on the power play. Which right, which right, exactly. But you know, and and when you when you're only getting production from one winger, which is Pavelski, and if you've had a rotating door of your other your second winger, I or the bros, yeah, that that that's natural. I I think. LeBanc playing with them, I think there's there's a shot there that okay now, you know they can ease into that and he'll have some more. You know, look if he has a, he's having a, a a down year offensively for sure. I think there were a little concerns earlier in the year. I think there were times he looked slow, especially closer to the World Cup. I think you could tell he was you know that maybe it was too many games. Uh, but I think recently, I mean, since the All Star break, I thought he's looked pretty good. I think he's looked. You know, I don't think I, – I haven't felt, oh, man, Joe Thornton looks slow tonight uh, in a little while. Has, has Joe Thornton looked fast to you in recent well, years? Not fast, but, like, I think he looked a step slower than we're used to, uh, certainly. How can you, I, good for you for being able to tell that Joe Thornton looks slower. Right. Because Joe right. Thornton well, I, I know what you're saying. So I'm, I'm just saying, Joe Thornton has been a slow man for many, right. many years, all right? But, yeah. And I think I, I understand what you're getting at, but Joe Thornton has not been a fast man for. Right. It's been a while, man. Yeah. It's been it's been quite some time. Yeah, it's I think you raise a good you raise a good point about the shooting percentage. I mean, I'm looking at his assist numbers from the last, you know, his last, assist numbers are close to what they were two years ago. It's yeah. just not that different when they were a, when they were a down scoring team that year. Right. <laughs> Uh, you know, last year, last year they scored a lot. He had 63 assists, and you know, the year before that, man, he had 65 assists in 2013-14 too. I mean, the, you know, he's just he's having a bad shoot. The team's having a bad shooting year. I'm I'm not very worried about Joe Thornton. I, you know, he even if he has looked slower, even if he isn't scoring as much, uh, there haven't been many nights where I'm. I I certainly don't think he's to blame or very disappointing this year. I put to blame in air quotes. Uh, I don't think he's been a disappointment either. This is a guy they're going to rely on down the stretch. And he had a great postseason last year. I I see him having the same uh, this year. They just, again, but that's the other thing too. Hurdle, Thornton, Pavelski was the best line in the NHL last year. Now they're not playing together. And I think that's for the betterment of the Sharks. But, you know, Thornton, LeBanc, Pavelski isn't the best line in the NHL yet. I would say the early returns are very good though. I think it's it is worth noting that 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 might not be that 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 hurdle or I'm sorry that Thornton Pavelski LeBanc line might not be the top line of the Sharks next season, and that yeah. 
is a little bit interesting and maybe a little bit scary. Yeah. And, and maybe that's cause for, for some thought about what, what the plan needs to be going forward, uh, assuming that, that Thornton comes back next year. And uh, right. my, my assumption is, yes, yes, that they will. Um, I mean, even if you look at uh, just his Fenwick numbers this year, I mean, they're the lowest they've been in the past five years, uh, which is – which you know, frankly, is natural because guess what? He's, he's the oldest. 37 years old, yeah. He is, he is the oldest he's been of the past five years. So yeah, guess what? As last I checked, that is still how aging works. Um, he's also can, had the, you know, uh, the worst line mates he's had of the past five years because he's uh, had the least amount of time with Tomas Hurdle that he's had in the last five yeah. years. Yeah, oh, that's, not, that's technically not true, obviously. Uh, right. You know. But anyway, he's he's not played with Hurdle for 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 most of this year, and so obviously that's been worse than than last year. Um, so it's kind of interesting to think about what the what the future is going to hold for that top line going forward, whether or not they pl- put Patrick Marlowe back up there next year and really overload the top line, or if they go a different direction. And you wonder, know. I wonder if next year is the year we see Logan Couture's ice time equips uh, Joe Thornton's. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking at their ice time right now. Thornton only he plays a uh, 26 more seconds a game than Couture. But uh, you know, given their ages, I wonder if you know we see, you know, maybe Thornton drops down to 16 minutes a night, and you know, maybe Couture plays 19, 20 minutes a night. Uh, next year I think I think the reduced ice time has definitely helped Patrick Marlowe this year I think he was playing playing around 20 minutes a night last year he was one of their highest usage forwards and now he's playing uh, I want to say like I want to say he's playing around 18 maybe he's playing around 16 Uh, but um uh, yeah I mean I think that it's definitely worth it's something worth looking at I I Part of the problem is that Logan Couture is still not good enough to be a top line center in the NHL. Right. He'll still get absolutely roasted by other top line centers, which is why uh, every time people talk about John Tavares, uh, it's uh, a it guy that the Sharks. It makes sense. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe the Sharks should do that because uh, they still don't have a top line center. This you, show you, look at, you look at you know, Thornton's decline, so to speak. Because you can that's see what why the Sharks were after Steven Stamkos this offseason. Right, they, it's like, huh, they probably need one of those if they want to continue yeah. to contend. Yeah. Um, let's see I mean, Marlo. Yeah, so Marlo's far- down a full two minutes from last year. Marlo was 19.02 last year. He's at 17.18 this year. I yeah. wonder if we see the same with Thornton. But you, you make a good point. Who's going to fill that top-line role? Is Logan Kutcher ready? Uh, I don't know. I, I, Joe Pavelski leads the team this year – and forwards in time on ice. Right. Can Pavelski center his own line? Yes. Maybe. He he kind of is at times. You know, he takes he takes a good amount of the face offs. Listen, know. face-offs don't matter. Of face-offs, course. I mean, who cares about face-offs? He he right. also wins uh 0.01 fewer face-offs than uh right. Thornton. He also has taken more face-offs than Joe Thornton this year. Right. Interesting. Just an FYI. But Thornton's, Thornton's still the center of that line. Right. Well, he's a better passer, so yes. But, but even, I mean, even, just, even just defensive responsibilities, uh, Pavelski's in the winger spot. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I, still think, I still think Thornton's good enough this year. Now, I think he's – I think you're still getting enough from him on that top line. My question is, do you bet on him next year to be good enough? To oh, do probably. That? That's the thing. Probably. No, I don't, I don't Probably. That's a um, that's a big time gamble, and that's a little bit scary. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, 
Especially if you make it deep run the postseason this year. This is, yeah, the window is one year, basically. Which is the window. I, I think the Pacific's weak enough. Yes, you're going to have Edmonton, but, um, I mean, barring – they're going to have to pay those guys, and barring some significant improvement on the blue line, like, I don't see Edmonton – I mean, I think Edmonton no. will go as far as McDavid can carry them, but, you know, in the NHL, a top-line player like that can only carry a team so far. Uh, yeah, Tavares is up in 2018, so you know maybe you sign Thornton. He wants a multi-year deal, but maybe you try and sign Thornton to a one-year deal next year, and then hope for Tavares in 2018. And then if you don't have him, you then say, "All right, well we're, you know, we're, we're in. A, we can you know kind of blow it up and have some of the young guys take over. Rourke Chartier uh, and Danny O'Regan can you know play up. And uh, you know, I I think they you know they probably think and probably thought and hoped that Tomash Hurdle would be ready. Uh, for a top line center role. And, you know, I, we haven't, we haven't, I don't think we've seen him used or deployed in that way. Uh, we've seen him deployed in a top line winger role, certainly, but we haven't seen him deployed uh, like that. Um, I mean, there's a couple problems with that. One, he's not good enough. The other problem is that I would never commit to him as a top line center because he'll never be healthy enough. Right. Yeah, uh, I think- hey, we have to give a shout out to uh, to Zane at seventy one in the chat room. I hope this is the Zane from One Direction. Uh, he doesn't um, spell his name the same way. I, th- I think they they hope the succession plan though they probably assumed was okay. Thornton gets older, Couture, right. Hurdle bump up lines. Thornton slides into the third, third or th- Thornton drops into the second, Couture in the first, and then once Hurdle's ready, he. Uh, takes over for him. The the question mark is Couture, and I think you know you've you've seen him used in top line roles, and he hasn't had a ton of success. Um, you know, I, I did he draw did he draw Crosby in the Cup final? Yeah, because he's the one that compl- whined about Crosby cheating on faceoff. That's right. Yeah. Well, the um, thing is, is like Couture is he's like a Duchesne level center. He's right. not a Crosby level center, and he's never right. going to be. He's he's, right. he's already there. We know what I mean. Right. Is a legit elite center, but he's not Crosby, and he's never going to be. And you need a guy like that, or at least yeah, something pretty close to well, what Stanley I mean, Cup. You know, I, I would say I, I think the depth is still the key, and I think they'd still have you know pretty good uh, center depth if Thornton takes the second line role. I mean, I I wouldn't call Jonathan Taves a first line center. Yeah, but they have Patrick Kane. Right. Who's better than anybody the Sharks have? Better, yeah, who's better than Joe Pavelski? Yeah, no, I by about a thousand, yeah, a thousand times better than Joe Pavelski. Right. Yeah, pretty no, much. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, you need the yeah. I. That being said, right now the Blackhawks are a bad team. So yeah. yes, no, correct, correct. Um, but, but even in, even in, in past years, I wouldn't have called Jonathan Taves at number one center. No, but they no, they had no, the de- they had their the thing is their bottom six was better than any other team in the league. They also used to have an incredibly good defensive group. I mean, Duncan yeah. Keith is bad now, but Duncan Keith used to be incredible. Yeah, Seabrook too. Uh, Seabrook too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it used it, they used to have like I mean they 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 did kind of did the Ducks thing, you know, when the Ducks won the yeah. cup. I mean, yeah. Listen, I know we we kind of like you know shit on the Duncan Keith, I mean, you know, top one hundred thing, but we forget how freaking legit that oh he's i mean he's the most worthy inclusion of the three blackhawks that are on the list literally like i mean i know that it feels like it was a long time ago when he was that good but he was that good i mean look i mean you know it's a it's a it's a flawed example because some other guys you know didn't get named to the team and deserve to be but 
Duncan Keith would have played in the World Cup of Hockey this year if he wasn't injured. And, you know, yep. he's, he's still a very, very good uh, defenseman. Yeah, so it's going to be – I think that's interesting. I think that's a, that's a, a point worth exploring, and it's worth looking into, uh, you know, how Couture's done against some of that other competition. Um, you know, because what we know about scoring primes, he's right at the tail end of the scoring prime of his career, and, uh, you know, he's going to be – Going again. Is, has he been matched up with McDavid this year primarily? No. No, no, no. Thornton has been Thornton. And they've been eaten alive by McDavid because McDavid yeah. is one of the best players in the NHL yeah. already, and nobody yeah. can top him. And he's, he yeah, I mean, this yeah, Thornton's, Thornton's speed against McDavid's speed is that's it's embarrassing. Yeah. No, dude, Thornton can't match up with Johnny Gaudreau. He can't. Yeah, well, Gaudreau's a winger, but I, yeah. But, well, you know what, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm saying that Gaudreau line eats the Thornton line yeah. for lunch is what I'm saying. And that's what uh, – does uh, Gaudreau play with uh, – is Monaghan a center? I think so. Yeah, it's Monaghan. Yeah, and they, they eat them for lunch. Yeah. You know? And I mean, it's worth – I think it's, I think they've got enough of a of leeway in their division, and it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing if the Sharks slip to the two or three in their division and avoid Edmonton potentially. Um, but, you know – but they'd have to play them eventually, right? I'm saying for the first round. But it's it's it'd be it'd be interesting to see if if you know, given those struggles, if we start to see Couture more against, because uh, I mean on paper Couture, Marlowe, Bodker have the speed to keep up with uh, Connor McDavid, Patrick Maroon, and uh, Drysital. Oh sure, I mean, I think I mean if we're talking right now, sure no problem. Even next year, sure no problem. My, yeah. my thing is that if we're talking just going forward. Going forward in a you know three years type situation, right? When when Thornton is gone, uh, even not when Thornton is gone, when Thor when we when the Sharks when no Thornton's longer, a third line center, correct. When the Sharks no longer have a number one center, they need a number one center. The hope is that he ages like the man who just turned forty five tonight. Jeremy Yarmulke is not a number one center anymore. No, he's a, the I mean, Panthers, the Florida Panthers are never right. going to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, not They're as currently constructed. He should not be yeah. on a top – he's on a top-line wing right now. He should not nope. be a top-line winger right now. Like, uh, you know, the, the – the, you know, Randy Hahn's talking tonight about, you know, oh, Jeremy Younger well, wants to win the Stanley Cup. It's like, well, then the dipshit should stop signing with the Florida Panthers right. because I think, he's never going to win right. again. I think they're, they're forward depth. Win. Florida's forward depth. He doesn't want to win. Lacking. Um, I think they've got oh, a they've got hitting, a, huh? They've got a great blue line, though. They've got a great blue they line. They have a very good blue line. They're missing uh, a bottom pairing. I would agree. Uh, I mean, but, that, but that, their, their forward depth is really where they're – it's not their depth. Yeah. They're, they're, you know what they're like? They're like what the, the Toronto Maple Leafs were last year, where they have a very good uh, – well, that's not true. They're, they've got a great um, – they've got basically – they just don't have a top line. That's what they're missing. Yeah, you know, they've got they've got a. Hey, all they're missing is the most important part right. of a hockey team. They have, I mean, Huberto and Bar. I think, I think they do. Well, it'd be interesting to see how they with Huberto and Barkov back because with them back, they're a much different team. Uh, you know, we I think we saw they did not have Huberto uh, in November when the Sharks played in Florida. I think he was hurt. Uh, Barkov, I think, was playing. Um, they're a much different team with those guys in the lineup. Uh, but I would agree that they're they're in kind of a two A two B situation with their top two lines, where you know if either of those is your second line, hey, you're in business. But um, one of those has to be your top line, um, right? I mean, yeah, but they, I mean, they've, they've got such. I mean, Yager's not going to be there forever, but they have young pieces: Huberto, Barkov, 
uh, Ekblad. I mean, that's a that's as good of a core I think as you're going to get. You know, anywhere. It's just how you surround the team, and they're 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 trying to be a little more woke with the advanced stats. That's why that's why Daddy's there. That's why Keith Yandel's there. I thought we're going to. Oh, Yand- Yandel had an awful giveaway on that yeah. Sharks first goal. Oh, just awful. So bad. But my, that was one, one of my great really bad giveaways, too. He had that one on the uh, power play that didn't result in a goal right to Joe Pudelski. Yeah. He just passed it right to him. And I was like, hey, yeah. Keith, listen, baby. Yeah. If you want to come on board, we've got yeah. slightly used Brendan Dillon. We will yeah. need. I mean, that's right. And those are you. giveaways of sitting there thinking, my friend's a huge Ranger fan. And, uh, you know, he loved Yandel because he knew he's like, okay, he'll make some of those passes, but you're going to take the good with the bad because. No one in a Ranger uniform has scored like him since Brian Leach. <laughs> like, you know, like, so you'll take that. Uh, hey, remember and- when uh, Elaine Vigneault was like, yeah, actually, he's not that good. We're just going to, like, kind of play him in, like, kind of more like a third pairing role. Yeah, exactly. We're just straight up for a fourth round pick. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, the, man, remember the New York Rangers? Remember them? Uh, remember when they were good? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's too bad they died, got moved. If, out. They had, if they had kept, if they had kept, I don't know if they, I don't know when, when did they acquire Yandel? Uh, 2014 15, right? So Strawman had left, right? Yes. So if they had kept Strawman, <laughs> let Girardi walk, uh, still acquired, and still Remember acquired that? Yandel. Remember how they had Dan Girardi? And Mark Stahl. I'm sorry. It's the no, they're screwed. It's, it's they really made funny, the absolute wrong choice. Like Strawman is like Strawman is arguably one of the 30 best defensemen in the league. Like, yeah, uh, I don't think you can. I don't. I think that's you know he's he's great and Yandel's very good too. Um, now and now they're both in the Atlantic and the Rangers, but the Rangers think they're going to get Kevin Shattenkirk, so it'll be okay. Yeah. The. Uh... Uh, hey, look, Guthrie Allen is also in the chat. Hey, Guthrie, how's it going? Man, we've got some great names in the chat tonight. We do. I, I'm a big fan of these guys. Any questions, feel free to send yeah, them Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're here all night. <clears throat> not literally. Yeah, not all night. We've, so. we've got a deadline, but, you know. <laughs> we have deadlines. This is a real newspaper. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to be printing this podcast in binary code. After afterwards, yeah, yeah, it was, I, it was I just also think, nice to see James Reimer play and be reminded, man. Remember when the Sharks used their backup goalie with regularity? Zach Devine tweeted that all eight of James Reimer's starts in Teal came within a thirty-day span. Thirty days, he started eight games. If DeBoer tried to do that with Aaron Dell, his head might explode. I don't know. Has Aaron Dell started eight games? That's a good. That's a that's a great question. I want to say he started nine. That. I think he has. Oh, man, this, the tension here is killing me. Marcus is currently doing some Googling right now. Uh, Aaron Dell has go. started 10 games. Wow. Uh, let's see. His record is 6-3-1. and one. Maybe he didn't start. No, he didn't start all of those because he got a loss in Boston for a game he didn't start. Oh, he did. So he did get a bo- He did get the loss in Boston. Okay. He got a loss in Boston despite outplaying Martin Jones. And I hope Martin Jones bought him some, you know, bugs yeah, his, or whatever. His, that was like his his worst, like his worst stats in an in an appearance. Uh were, actually no, I take that back. His worst stats were in Calgary. He had twenty he stopped twenty five of twenty eight there. Didn't he get a win in that game? 
No, they lost in Calgary three. Oh, they didn't lose that game. Was that an overtime? Am I crazy? No, he he allowed that. He allowed kind of a week one late. Like he just he didn't seal the. Oh yes, he didn't okay, seal no, the dose. He got beat short side. Oh, he learned that. He learned that one from Martin. I learned it by watching you. That's what he said on the way back to the locker room. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I do think this is interesting. Looking at his game yeah. log. Remember that game in Carolina three months ago when he stopped 32 of 33 shots and we're like, wow, he's a good goalie. He should play more. <laughs> I, do, I do remember that. You know how I remember it? Because it's just like every other time he's played, yeah, except exactly. for the Calgary game. <laughs> except for that one Calgary I mean, game where man, he's not good. I mean, he's on pace to, to start the most – well, no, I take that back with the bye week. He might not. Uh, the most games he started in a month is three. Uh, so let's set the over Ooh. under three and a half. Does he hit the over this month? How many games do the Sharks have left? Because I feel like this is a loaded question just before midnight. I mean, all questions just before midnight are loaded. Let's see. Oh, wow. They got they got they have five games left this month. Oh, four, four. Excuse me, four. Oh no. Yeah, I'll take the under. Yeah. I think he starts. Yeah. He starts, he starts at, he starts he's, at Arizona. He doesn't start – seeing how some of these teams have struggled out of the bye week, there's no way he starts against Vancouver, and nope. I doubt he starts against Toronto. Nope. But let's see. So they've got – Sharks for the rest – I mean, coming up, they've got, they've got quite a few back-to-backs coming up. Uh, by March 12th, they have – before March 12th, they have three back-to-backs. He's got to start at least those three games. Oh, Yeah. All right, let's do a little. Let's do a little on-air bet. How many of those back-to-backs do you think Martin Jones starts both of? Uh, one. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's set the over/under at one and a half. I'll take the over. You take the under. Cool. Uh, cool. Yeah, that's fair. That's good. Yeah, I like. So we've got. We've got. So yeah. So I'll take the the under. He starts less than Jones starts. Yeah. Jones starts one of those back-to-backs or less. And you've got right. two or more of those back to back. So Jones right. start all three of those back. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We'll know, we'll know this week. Exactly. I'm saying there's week. a chance. Uh, so the Coyotes, the Sharks can't score against, and the Bruins are have were playing great hockey before they hired fired Claude Julien, and then they fired him. They're still playing great hockey, and now Julien's coaching their rival. I. I as, as much as people, and rightfully so, have plenty of reason to uh, to shit on the NHL because there's a lot, there's a lot of bad stuff. I, I I love how stupid this league is sometimes, and particularly right now, right oh, before I was, was going to say, as, as much reason, and we have plenty of reason. I mean, the fact Michelle Terrien outlasted PK Subban as long as he did is disgusting. Insane. Yeah, but right. give give them give Bergevin credit for saying there was a better, there's a better coach available that can, and our team's not playing well. Let's hire Claude Julien because I, I mean, I could think of at least three teams, including Las Vegas, that probably had Claude Julien at the top of their coaching list at the end of the season. Huh. I think. Spoiler alert! I'm pretty sure that's why this hire happened when it. Yeah, did. I think a team we saw tonight had him at the top of their list. I think Florida was good. if they didn't keep Tom Rowe, I think they would have hired Claude Julien. Um, uh, hey, let's uh, do a quick power ranking. Coaches in the NHL. That look like turtles. <laughs> um, there are a lot now. Claude's number one. Tom Rowe is pretty turtly. He um, is pretty turtly. 
Now, this would have gotten really difficult had the Penguins followed through and just hired Pierre Maguire like oh, we yes. all needed them to. Yes, yes. Like Those... Pierre's been angling for for years. For years. Now, yeah, I tell you. In, in fairness, I'll tell you, Eddie, I'll tell you. I'm going to get that Boston Bruins job, I tell you. It's My favorite fine. Pierre Maguire anecdote, he was the coach of the Hartford Whalers, and uh, they lost like six to nothing. And he's like, oh, but we held Mario Lemieux without a point. He was like very proud about that. But like, I think it was Kevin Stevens had four goals against them. Like some scrub scored four against them. And he was like, oh, well, we shut down Mario. <laughs> that lost. honestly, that sounds like something that I would be proud of if like right. I coach like a kind of one of those um, Joes against pros games, you yeah. know, like a charity thing. Well, hey, hey, well, Joe Schmo from the Hartford Current. Well, yeah, we lost eighteen nothing, but Mario only had one point. <laughs> one of the one of the greatest like takedown columns in sports writing history uh, was when McGuire, when Pierre got fired by Hartford. Um, I believe it was in the Hartford uh, Courant. Well, uh, that's because there's only one paper in all of Connecticut. Yeah, they, it was, so yeah, the Hartford Courant. Um, is that if, how you're going to pronounce that? Pierre McGuire fired. You, gotta, you just going to do that on the podcast? You're going to say Courant. It's the current, current, whatever. Jeff Jeff Jacobs hired it. Like this is like the 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 third and fourth sentences about Pierre Maguire getting fired. I'm ready. It was Hit more me. than a great idea. It was justice. Like that's what. You know. <laughs> oh man! You're in for a scorcher of a of a like and just lines like Maguire fancied himself two part two parts Scotty Bowman and one part Bob Johnson. It turned out to be a superhuman leap of faith on his part. Like this is legitimately one of the best written columns like I've ever read, and it's just a great takedown piece. Um, so yeah, do that. Google that on Pierre McGuire if you guys get the chance today. I highly uh, recommend. Why don't you uh, Why don't you uh, put the link in our chat, Marcus, and I'll put it in the chat so that Guthrie and Zane can read this. Yes. Oh, please do. And then maybe in the show notes. On, yeah, uh, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. On, uh, iTunes. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is. Wow. Uh, like yeah. just some of these slides, man. Like, do you think that the uh, this was it for the Hartford Whalers? Like, they were like, "Well, we're gonna have to move after this. This is it." And like, the article's so old that it's two pages on a website. Like, it's not. It doesn't all fit on one web page. Like, you have to go through. You have to read page one, then there's a page two of the column. Marcus, question: Were you born when this was written? No, this was this was a couple weeks before I was born. <laughs> I was. Uh, let's see, how old was I? I was two years old. Uh, this, this was actually two years and six months and seven days old when this was. Pierre there. was Pierre was a head coach at thirty-two. That could be he could have he killed he killed the Whalers. You could argue. Oh my God! Whoa! Paul Holmgren was the GM. I don't yeah. know. Maybe Paul Holmgren killed the Whalers. Maybe, but I, let's Paul let's, Holmgren's fault. Let's blame Pierre. Uh, did we talk? What, can we talk about how great Pierre Maguire would be at uh, covering jousting? Did, uh, yeah, did you see my tweet, tweet about this over the weekend? That was pretty good. I think Barkley Gaudreau would have been a great jouster back in his day. It's great, great. If Barkley Gaudreau, if we could load him into an animus today, uh, would we find out that his great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was a jouster? Maybe. I'm saying there's a chance. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, there, is some, there is a little bit of a... We'll have to monitor this, but uh, sources tell Paul Gackle that the Sharks are going to reassign Meyer to the Barracuda tomorrow. Is he tweeting about this right now? Right, he tweeted about it 18 minutes ago. Okay, hold on, let's let, let's get 
let's get let's get Paul Gackle out here right now. No, he tweeted. He literally he tweeted it. Uh, when did the when did the when did the Cuda play next? Uh, why don't you look that up while I drag Paul Gackle on Fear the Fin? Oh, please don't. We don't need to do that. It's gonna time to go to bed, Paul. Because <laughs> he's break he's breaking news at, at midnight. Hey, he's grinding. Um. The Barracuda right. do not play. They play the Barracuda play Friday uh, in Stockton. So if you know, he's been he's been on the money with some of these earlier in the year uh, when guys have gotten called up. So if if Meyer does get sent down, it he probably won't play because uh, the Cuda have a back to back go back to back Stockton Ontario. Are you going to be going to that Ontario game this Saturday? Uh, I will. I will not because my real job has uh, has me occupied oh okay right on just was curious um so if that holds to fruition uh looks like Nikolai Goldobin will make his uh 2017 debut you think he slides in right on that third line maybe yeah I mean I assume so because the bank has been so good on that top line I don't see them disrupting that you know what Originally, I really thought Goldobin was going to play tonight on that top line, and then it wasn't until after the fact because I didn't. I, I was just busy today, and I kind of missed out on stuff. I saw that that quote from the morning skate where Thornton said basically in no uncertain terms, uh, and this is me paraphrasing now, but he basically said, "Ah, oh, go fuck yourselves. LeBanc is playing on our line tonight." I was like, "Oh, who had the, I, who had the quote?" I, you know, I'm actually not sure who had it. I don't know if it was uh, if it was uh, Pashelka or if it was Kurtz, but he basically said like. Oh yeah, he's been great on our line. Why would we change it? He said basically something to that effect, and I was like, "Oh, oh okay." If I'd seen that this morning, I would have been like, "Oh okay, never mind." Goldoba sitting in the press box tonight, right? Um, anywho, that's so, got the makings of a good. Him, that's a that line that line played together in camp. Uh, that was one of the first lines that played together in training camp. Uh, when, when I just didn't realize that uh, Thornton had like uh, gone all Batman and adopted him as LeBanc as his like Robin. <laughs> So no, the I'm bank saying Goldobin, Hurdle, and Ward. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. fine. I was still going back. I was going to do a Dick Grayson thing. So oh, yeah, yeah. That's going to be our new Photoshop project. Oh, man. Go bank fight with, with Darton. Yeah, so, uh, so that, that, that makes um, LeBanc – oh, my God. And he's even from – isn't LeBanc from uh, Brooklyn or something? Uh, Staten Island, yeah. Yeah. So that makes him Nightwing now from Bloodhaven. Oh, man. This can only be good. So that so now it's a uh, Dick Grayson, LeBanc, Dick Grayson, whatever. Dick LeBanc. Yeah. Yeah. Ward, Hurdle, and Goldobin got some time together. Um, what did you have to look it up? You were there. No, I'm I'm remembering it now because I'm trying to find the quote uh, Joel Ward gave on the first day of training camp about playing with Kamash Hurdle. Uh, do they talk about their big asses? Does yeah, he, said, he, said Hurdle, ass he said Hurdle's got a big ass, and he basically said he's like, "Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep up with these, with these young guys." So nice. he's gonna have another young guy on his wing. Um, you know, if 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 that's the case, and Meyer gets sent down, and Goldobin gets a shot, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see, uh, you know, how long the leash is, and you know how well he plays, and if he can make it a permanent thing. Cause I, I think, you know, Doug Wilson's probably hoping all three of them are up with the big club by the time the playoffs roll around. 
I think it's a mistake to send down Meyer because I think Meyer's been really, really, really good, even if the points haven't been there. That being yeah. said, I don't mind Goldobin getting a look, so whatever. Yeah. And, you know, if Meyer plays top-line minutes and with the Barracuda for a couple games, you know. Yeah, I, I don't really have the Kevin LeBanc thing and comes back and scores five points in four games, you know, like. The, the biggest thing to me is that I hate this thing where people are saying that, um, oh, it's great, he goes back and plays top-line with the Barracuda better than playing on the fourth line with the Sharks. Right, right. And it's like, no, it is not, yeah. you stupid moron. There's more minutes, but you'd rather him play against the NHL the fourth, The fourth line in the NHL doesn't have to be grind, dump, and chase. No, exactly. Yeah, playing yeah. with Chris Tierney and Malcolm yeah. Carlson, who are good pretty players. good line. Pretty good line. Did we stop shitting on Chris Tierney? Because five minutes ago, you idiots were telling me he was good enough to be a third-line center. Now, yeah, he's not good enough. But yeah. still, like, let's, can we be consistent for five seconds here? I'm only going to live to be 35, guys, all right? I'd I like the next two years. Let's have, some, let's have it be an enjoyable. Uh... <laughs> I've got one decade, okay? I've only got a decade. I'd um, like it to be a nice decade. That's I mean, it. I, yeah, I think uh, we'll open on the third line. That'll be interesting. I'm excited for it. I'm excited. Does a uh, I like that line together in camp when they played at the scrimmages. I thought they had they had some good chemistry. I've got a question. Um, you saw them all together. Uh, scale of one to ten, ten being, we'll say Beyonce. Number one being Michael Sarah, ass size of Nikolai Goldobin. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I I just knew the hurdle <laughs> one because hurdle gets the Yager cops. And the great thing tonight was that. Yager, Yager backed some shark off the puck tonight. And I'm like, there, he, there goes Yogg's just using his butt that guy's down. Yeah. All right. That's disappointing that you don't even Yager's have a scouting report on the big ass line. Because if we could use like a – what I'm thinking is that when we do the emoji lineup, that for the third line, we could just the do peak. the three. Yeah, yeah. Hurdle, hurdle will be the peak. Uh, no, all three of them. We could just do the big yeah. ass line. We could just do peak. No, but he was only saying that about hurdle. Listen, Joe Ward's got a big ass. If you um, don't know that, you just haven't been paying attention. I'm just kidding. Joe Ward is the party hat emoji. That's what that's been a standby for the entire oh, time he's been with the team. I would like Goldovin's the Russian flag. Um, would jeez, man, uh, Nick Michael Goldovin could be the party hat emoji. He could be the uh, he could be the a fast car emoji. That's true. He I could also be the. Nice um, he was driving a very very I, nice. Very yeah, good. he also uh, half the time I see him on uh, Instagram is uh, doing a live video from uh, while driving. So <laughs> good for you, Nikolai. Thank you, hey, Tomat. To- that that stabilizing veteran influence of Tomas Hurdle. Oh, hey, Nikolai. I was thinking, you know, now that you're up with the big club, we could all go hang out together, go to one of my favorite clubs, Nikolai. Even- oh man, that sounds so great. I love clubbing. <laughs> And then a Tomat all drive. <laughs> Interior, David Busters. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> Hurdle's just playing the game, trying to win a minion. Like, yeah, Nikolai is over and there. And then he sees a picture of he, he looks longingly at a picture of Matt Nieto. And <laughs> he's got a picture. I was gonna say he's got a picture of a uh, Matt Nieto, or uh, like stuck on the uh, like inside of one of those like race car games while he's yeah. driving. I'm gonna get the lap this time. And then Tommy Wingles is on the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, poor Tomas. She's so lonely. Yeah. Are we all? We're all just looking for somebody <laughs> to love. 
<laughs> just like Aaron Dow. You got a you got a quick prediction. Where do you, how many points on this back to back? Uh well they'll get one point and lose against the Coyotes, and they'll surprise us and get two points against the Bruins. So I was three, say, so three I points. Think, yeah, I think they get three as well. Four would be great. <laughs> They're not getting four points, baby. They're getting three points. Uh Marcus got any vacation plans for our bye week? For the bye week? Uh no. I'm just gonna, you know, just do a little bit of writing, I think. Uh, are you sucking up? I, you don't have no, to. No, I, I, I think I've got some. I've got some ideas ruminating for pieces. I think. Oh, know, okay. Uh, would be good. What are you going to be doing on the bye week, Jake? <sighs> yeah, probably some writing, and then yeah, yeah. We'll we'll be potting. We'll be doing some podcasts. We're we're gonna podcast. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cast some pods. We'll do a pod on Monday. Or when when do you get back from uh? You know, you're uh, you're going to be on assignment. I know. When do you get back for big? Yes, uh, I'll be back. Uh, I should be free Tuesday. Should okay. be free Tuesday. Yeah, either Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday. We've got plenty of time. So one of those yep. days we'll be uh, on the pod. <laughs> in the in the crap part of Soho, we'll be on the pod. No, not on the not on the crap part. Of Soho. <laughs> okay, in the crap part of the internet. Okay. Uh, well, that's it's that is assuredly accurate. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Until uh, until then, you can uh, follow us on other parts of the internet. Uh, fearthefin.com is our website. Marcus P. White is his Twitter. I'm at Jake Sundstrom at fearthefin. This one went pretty long. We've got 13 viewers. This is more viewers than right. we have when we normally do this. I would have. We should have. I have we should, like, you I'm know what we should do? Done. Our pod should be next week all QA. Okay. All QA? Yeah. That's good. Then we don't have to come up with any ideas. Exactly. Is <laughs> Great. Did anybody else say anything? Oh, hey, wait, hold on. Uh, if we have got questions. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Hang on. Wait, there's Barry. <laughs> I'm not reading this out loud. Uh, the name or the question? It wasn't a question. It's just a name. Uh, okay, there were no questions. Guys, Great. if you have any questions, you go ahead and drop them right now. You've got – hang on. Two minutes. Oh, hey, hey, guys. Uh this is the official drink of the pod. It's uh, this is Martin Jones post loss cure all. Uh, this is what got me through the podcast tonight. Thanks, Martin. This is what's going to get me through the bye week too. Okay, uh, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Uh, all right, guys. <laughs> what are you not going to do? Uh, <laughs> not giving this guy. I'm not giving a. Okay, we'll give Barry. Barry gets a shout out, and this is a uh, Rahu also gets a shout out. Cool. <laughs> Google just lets people. Put whatever they want on here, man. Uh, okay, guys, people, gender neutrals, however you choose to self-identify. See you next week. Great night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.